Alright, the tape is rolling. The light is on. You're in the two-man booth with Nick Good. And Neil Coffey. And we are continuing our podding. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're continuing our journey th- through the Gold Derby as we move towards the, what is it this year, 97th Academy Awards? Yeah. So it could Something be. like that. Something we're getting like close that. to 100. Getting um, close to 100. 100 is going to be... People's fascination with a hundred, you know. Oh yeah, they're gonna love those even numbers, yeah, kind of thing. So it'll be interesting. I'll be, yeah, I'll be curious what they do. Try and make it bigger and better. Probably. We can go on a tangent, a t- conversation about the <clears throat> the Oscars in general, because I have my own opinions about the show, and there's always sure. this, there's always this um, dilemma and this anxiety over, you know, oh, they're losing viewers every year. Mm-hmm. You know what they need to do to change it up. Do we have a host? Do we not have a host? What do we do? Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that after because I don't want to bury the lead. Sure. We were talking about um, what I think is widely considered a best picture uh, contender. contender. Strong contender. For yeah. sure. I would say original screenplay and definitely director. And that is Parasite by the uh, South Korean director Bong Joon-ho. Um, or Joon-ho Bong is, you know, with the Korean names. Sure. You always have the family name first and then mm-hmm. and then the uh, the the proper name or the first name after. So anyway, um, it's a story about uh, all unemployed. Um, again, disclaimer, this is going to show mine and Neil's uh, ignorance here. We're going to probably struggle a little bit with the names, <laughs> but um, all all unemployed Kai Tak and his family take a peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks as they integrate uh, themselves into their lives and get entangled in an unexpected incident. Um, obviously, as we talk talk about these movies, full spoilers. Um, you know, I don't want to. This movie's been out for a while. Um, I think you can. But if you want to see it, go see it. In most, I, I was going to say, I think it's probably still available in most, most theaters. I yeah. mean, we live in a snowy little northern town, and we still have it still playing, have it playing. So only one showtime though a day. Oh, is it? Yeah, at okay. the metro. Yeah, because okay. that's why I had to. Well, no, I saw it. I saw it at uh, City Center. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. But there was mm. only the one Showtime, probably, right? But you said Metro. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it is. Maybe it is a Metro. No, Metro is the old uh, one on campus. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Metro Cinema. Yeah, yeah. No, you're thinking Landmark. That's right. It's Landmark Cinema. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it is a. Why would you describe this movie? You, I think you said on. on was it black IMDb. comedy thriller? And I see that it's definitely humorous yes but but it's also commenting on some dire situations well it's social commentary for sure from what from why what i understand bong Ju, bong ju ho uh has an interest in how basically this is what has happened to korean society since um you know fallout from the korean war and especially mm-hmm. f- definitely after Jap- japanese occupation after world war two during and after world war two mm-hmm. and basically as you know, a lot of these countries have tried to uh, embrace capitalism. It's led to stratifying of, of society. A big divide. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which makes it relevant for the rest of us, too. I and mean, spe- Yeah. So I think that's why it's a uh, getting some traction in, uh, in the United States, for sure, because mm-hmm. it's definitely, a, even though it's a commentary on South Korean life. Um, I think it takes place in Seoul. I don't really, they don't really ever they say don't what ever city really it's in. They don't say where it is specifically. Yeah, that's but it's not. in a big city in South Korea, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, definitely showing the have have not yes scenario, but in a way, but that, also the strength of the family dynamic. Yes, which I found interesting. Oh, that's like clearly the most important mm-hmm. bond, right? Most important strength you can have. So, what were your initial feelings during and? Concluding it. Well, me and you had, you know, communicated a little bit yesterday. I said it was unique. It was one of the more unique films that I had watched. And why is that? And I think it was unique, strictly partially that it was spoken in South Korea. Sure. Don't hear the language a lot. I mm-hmm. Truthfully, I haven't seen a lot. I've seen a good fair share of like foreign films. Mm-hmm. I would say not a lot, a lot, but I've seen enough. Not don't ever remember watching one in South Korea. So that was like that was fresh. It was kind of cool to hear hear the language spoken. Um, it was just a unique like pace because mm-hmm. it it's not it didn't ever move slow mm-hmm. but it wasn't it was like a slow burn kind of and it, what's the best way to describe it it was i just liked how it flips a switch at a certain point at a certain point yeah but 
Well, was, I mean, like I said, we're not doing spoilers. Yeah. Or we are doing spoilers. spoilers. So, it, you know, when they're all sitting around getting drunk in the apartment. Yeah, the once house, they've kind of taken over the life of the parks. And then that's when it kind of switches. And that's where, yeah, it definitely shifts into a different gear. Like almost like a thriller. And that's where it goes from black comedy to thriller. thriller yes. And, you know, I was watching it um, with my girlfriend. And she, her comment afterwards, she was like, yeah, I thought. She's like, I, I, I was kind of like. Tr- we're worried about where this was going to go. You know, they're all sitting in the, in the house. They're all, everything's too good. She's like, I don't know where else mm-hmm. it could have gone. Yes. And so it definitely goes into a different, um, and her brother had actually watched it and said that he turned it off after the first hour. Cause he's like, I don't know. This is just a movie about like a family. Like, I don't, oh, like, okay. it's funny and entertaining, but like, it's not really interesting. So yeah. it definitely, you got to stick with it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the comedy and some of the, you know, at the expense of, of the Kims, the, the, yeah. the less fortunate family, uh, they're definitely the punchline for a lot of the jokes that I would say propel the movie through mm-hmm. the first little bit. But then definitely, you know, it's that idea of even when you think you're low, there's someone even lower than you. Mm-hmm. You know, literally and figuratively as they go into the fucking ca- catacombs of this house. <laughs> yeah, 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 into that dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that bunker. So the man who plays the husband in the basement. Oh, man, I'm not going to... Um, so I would say it is anyway. The guy who's been in this bunker for four years, or whatever. yeah. Basically, it is the old. Even if we don't say her name, we'll because hers is like Moon. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, um, it's her husband mm-hmm. that she's been basically keeping in the bunker, and that's how she's kind of made. Um, it's why she's kept the job for so long because mm-hmm. they, you know, they make mention in in the story about transitioning the house from one family to the other and she's the housekeeper yes. at for both families yeah gook moon guang that's it housekeeper yeah. of the parks played by lee yung un yeah so she and now this, see this is confusing so the guy who plays her husband his real name is park myung hoon but <laughs> in the movie his name is gyun sai oh okay moon guang's husband do they even really say i, I no don't... well it's, it says moon guang's husband so, oh, okay yeah. they never really actually say yeah, I don't think they ever really say his name. Really but yeah, so he's been hiding out... In the bunker. In the bunker. Because she was, the house, like you said, the housekeeper of the architect who built the house initially. Yes. So, and, you know, he's hiding from lone sharks, and so she's been hiding right. him down right, right, there right. for four years. Yes. And why it's significant is that the parks... Don't know he's there. Don't know he's there. Have never known he's there. Don't even know the bunker exists. Yeah. And so what makes this funny is that the Kims have now essentially infiltrated the parks. The, the parks. Like they are the chauffeur so we driver. Should, so we should back up a little bit. So it starts off with the son, you know, and there, there's always this kind of conversation that they're, the, these are smart kids who just haven't had the breaks in life. Sure. And he has his one friend who's quite well off. He comes over to their house and brings this good luck stone basically. Yeah. This and stone that's going to bring you wealth. Yes. And he's leaving on a exchange. Yeah, he's on like some type of foreign exchange. And at the at the time, he is tutoring the Kim's or sorry, the Park's daughter. Yes. in mathematics. No, no in English, 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 teaching English, yeah. right? That's um, why they give him an English name, Kevin. Right, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. So he, basically, it's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm gonna leave, but um, you know, I'm. It's kind of funny how the dynamic, for whatever reason, this daughter has some spell over these guys because the friend initially says you know we're gonna date i'm gonna ask her out officially when she's done high school and she's in university um i don't want any other guys kind of around her i trust you so you teach her yeah you know teach her english so he does that um and slowly but surely he gets the rest of the family to take over some of the jobs around so he he tricks he pretends that his sister is this an art teacher and a psychology mm-hmm. art major or whatever. Um, so she starts teaching the son, who starts to pick up on some little things that you know. Oh, I don't think she's, or he notices that the parents you know smell the same mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And smell becomes a big part of this as well. Smells a huge. Um, well, we talk about he says often it's mer- metaphorical. Yes. Yeah, smell is the metaphor. For- yes poor and rich and poor yes in this and then the the dad ends up becoming the chauffeur because they set up this whole thing that the guy's a pervert which that whole storyline was kind of funny to me yeah it was weird because a little contrived <laughs> yeah um that he's the guy the driver's been having sex in 
the car. And he's been having it in the in, in Mr. Park's seat. Exactly. Like, he's like, at least, you know, there's and he's and Mr. Park's big on that, never crossing the line. Again, metaphorically and yes. and literally. So mm-hmm. he he's very big on, you know, you do your job as the driver, you do your job as the housekeeper, mm-hmm. and you don't overstep your boundaries. You don't ask too many questions. Yeah. But in this case, you know, he's felt that the driver has literally overstepped his bounds, come from the front seat to the back seat and <laughs> yeah. had sex in his in his seat. Yeah. Um, so then they get uh they get the dad to take over um Kim, right? Yes. Kim Kitek. Yeah, Kim, Mr. Kim takes over yeah. as the chauffeur and, as the driver. And then he, the eventually the mother's the last one she takes over as the housekeeper and that was that's where what it was brings- kind of funny. It was like the whole plan of like the peaches. Yeah. Um the housekeeper is deathly allergic to the fuzz of the peaches. So, but, but they convince her she has tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> The people, and then I like how there's that dynamic where it's like you're watching, you're like tuberculosis, and they even say like, do people even have tuberculosis anymore? And then there's this whole you're like, yeah, in South Korea there's an un, you know, yeah, a lot more uh, cases than you one would think, and mm-hmm. and again a lot of the a lot of this is played on the um, the matriarch of the Parks family mm-hmm. um, because she, as is said before, not. So right. Sim- yeah, she's, she's simple. simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, this sort of what what maybe would be viewed as... And the... that would be um, Yuen Kyo Park. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the mother. That's the mother. Yes. Um, and what I think is interesting and what was really well done is that the parks, they're not bad people. No, no, not at all. Not at all, no. right? Like, just... Yeah, usually you'd frame the rich families being yeah. like neglectful towards their kids, yeah. or, or you know, they the, the marriage is fractured. But it's the opposite. Like mm-hmm. you know, they're they're constant, not constant, but you know, they have a healthy sex life, mm-hmm. and you know, the the reason why the uh, Kims have been able to infiltrate their families simply because Yon is, you know, has her kids' best interests at the forefront. Yes. So I thought that was a really, because you would usually you would make all oh, this poor poor family like you know poor family literally from money here in this case would have these like really redeeming qualities and would they deserve better than this? But it it was a good balance. It's kind of the he, opposite almost. Yeah, he did they're a really, manipulative. They're, yes, he did a really good job. They're of parasites. Like, yes, yeah. he did a good job of um, of not like you see that without him just putting it on you like it was it was just really well done they're they're no better or worse and it's just kind of circumstance like you said right and um yeah i just i thought the comedy portion like you said i I liked when they were kind of going through their whole plan and when the kims Mm -hmm. were starting to figure out that we can probably get all of us to start working for the parks right and like that sort of comedic thing about you know he's going to the mercedes and learning, to learn the specs learning, for the car Learning stuff, about the yeah. specs of the car so that it seems like he's an expert. The, the fake it till you make it kind of yeah. thing. That was the real good, like, I like that little section of the film. Um, and it's just like the kids coming up mm-hmm. with the whole thing, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Basically getting their mom a job and, like, getting their father a job, too. So I thought it was... Uh, I mean, they did, was and cool. they do a good job um, really conveying the strength, like the family unit, like I said mm-hmm. at the start, where they're, still, they're living in their semi-basement, which I guess is... You know, something we're not familiar with, but it's sort of living in a basement apartment yeah. kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're always sitting around together. They're drinking beers together. They're always they're always talking. And mm-hmm. even though they're down on their luck, they have uh, they have that strong bond, mm-hmm. which you know leads to the events that happen at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, they it this whole smell thing sort of yeah. Yeah, that was one of the main things I wrote down was kind of the smell mm-hmm. and, that, and how the kid, uh, the son, whatever, I don't want to butcher his name too bad, but what's... Oh, uh, sorry. I'm just looking at yeah, other things the things um, So the son is um, Dong Ik Park. That's right. Oh, no, no, sorry. That's that's Mr. That, Park. That's, yeah, Mr. that's Park. Mr. Park. Sorry. Ki-woo. Ki-woo. That's right. Ki-woo um, Kim. Yes, Ki-woo. Um, he... Um, where was I going with Kiwu? I had something with Kiwu. Oh, the smell. He keeps mm. saying it's so metaphorical, mm-hmm. right? He like loves that everything's like a metaphor. Yeah. And then what was cool was that the smell really established the metaphor of like rich and poor. Yeah. Because they obviously make mention of 
the smell. I haven't smelt that in like 20 years. It reminded me of the subway. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, the Kim's or the parks say this about the Kim, but about he, Mr. Kim. Specifically Mr. Kim, Kim. The yeah, she brings up, uh, Mrs. Park brings up how, oh, have you ever noticed how he smells? It's like an onion. And it's a really, that's a really hard scene to watch too, because yeah. it's, they're all underneath the table underneath the and table. they can hear what's being said and and you just see his face and he's just kind of closing his eyes. And he's ashamed. He's embarrassed, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that was sort of, it was, that was the culmination of sort of the metaphor of, of no matter how hard you fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. it remind you know what? And that was another thing I wrote down. So it, it brought me back to the wire when, ah. when D'Angelo's in that restaurant and he's like, and even Kiwu does say it to her at one point, like, do I belong here? Right. And it reminded me of that scene. Yeah, is that like, okay. do, do other people know? Yeah, and yeah, there's that whole thing like nobody cares. Nobody cares, but then it's kind of like, but it mattered to D'Angelo. Exactly right, and then I, I think it was interesting in this case because it was kind of like Mr. Park did know. He he knew something. He didn't know exactly yeah. what about Mr. Cream. He couldn't quite put his finger on it. But it's kind of that idea that you can't always hide in plain sight. You know, there's there's little things that always separate people, and so I just that was it brought me back to that memory of. Of that scene, well, and, the, the, and the, the son, the park's son, he too like picks that up. Yeah, like you know, oh, they have the same smell, and it's like, oh, now we have to start using different soaps, soaps and all these different things. Right? Yeah, keep the keep the uh, charade going, keep the act going. Yeah, so and then you know they do, you know, Bong does a good job later too when it you know really culminates and it's been raining for days and days, and you have that. The juxtaposition of the, again the have and have nots. You know the parks wake up and they look outside like oh the rain so beautiful. It's always it, everything looks so nice after a good rain while the Kim's house is flooded with sewage. And sewage and it's just destroyed. And now they have to go sleep in a in a gym mm-hmm. like a, a local gym for yeah. the night. And that's when you get the whole Mr. Kim is just defeated and he just you know he says to to Kiwu about um, the plan. He, you know, it's better to never have a plan. Yeah, that was what I said. With no plan, nothing can go wrong. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because the only reason they even had a little bit of success, though, was a plan. Mm-hmm. It was a plan that got them to be in that park household yep. as sort of helping out this family or whatever. And it got them out of that semi-basement. Mm-hmm. But then, you're right, you know, just the moment something goes wrong, you kind of resign yourself back to the life that it is, and it's just like... And, you know, what leads to basically their undoing, too, is a bit of hubris. Yes. Right? Like a bit, you know, the bit of the Icarus flying too close to the sun. They, the parks are away for, for what they think is going to be the weekend, so they start drinking all their booze, eating all their food. Yeah. Getting, and, you know, start daydreaming about one day... Owning the house or... Marrying the marrying the daughter. Kiwu talks about marrying the daughter. and Having yeah. hire actors to be his parents because yeah. his parents are now working yeah. for these people. And it's yeah. that whole idea of, yeah, if you would have just kind of stayed in your... what You could have kept the shred going probably forever if you wanted to, if you would have just not had that little... Touch. Moment of, like... Yeah. Well, it's almost like weakness. It's the moment of like recognition that we made well, it. temptation. Sure. Yeah. Because you are. Yeah. You, there's a there's some like I would say religious overtones for sure. sure. Yeah. You want to get out of the semi basement, right? Into, and, and so into then all, Eden. Into Eden, and all of a sudden you're enjoying the luxury, and yeah. this yard is bigger than anything you could ever yeah. imagine, right? But then, like you said, maybe you fly a little too close, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden one person comes in. You know, the former housekeeper comes back. She knows they're gone. And because she's trying to come get her husband, and so, or she wants to convince the. And actually, we should say there is actually there is one member of the parks that does know that oh, the husband right. lives in the basement. Yeah, the son. He's, the son saw a ghost. That was a crazy. Yeah, when it just shows his head poking up. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that was such yeah. a good scene. And even when they first go into the basement, when um, the housekeeper comes back, uh, when Moon Guang comes back, yeah, and she. Uh, She's kind of got that like creepy, you know. She's cut, she's all wet from the rain. Her glasses are fogged up. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Kim is like, "Where are you going?" She's like, what, "Don't you want to come?" And then she, you know, pushes the wine rack or whatever it is. That was a funny scene yeah. when she was just stuck on it. But then she goes down, and then it kind of it has that tracking shot of following them down into mm-hmm. the basement, and it, it reminded me of like. It reminded me of something, you know, it's like Spielbergian almost, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just like that always that idea of you're following the person into this like new, you're discovering it with the people, right? Yeah. That sense of discovery, but it's going down. And 
you even have that sense where you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, right. where are they going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you see the guy down there and totally one. Well, I, I thought it was, um, interesting as well is that you get this big, large house and then all of a sudden now that small space again has become sort of the focal point, mm-hmm. right? Is, is this like bunker mm-hmm. and now you can, you realize that this bunker now is going to become a character just as, and then what desperation does for sure. Desperation starts to take over to, mm-hmm. to maintain that status quo. And again, it's one of those things where just a simple little mistake, you know, all the whole Kim family standing on the on the stairwell trying to hear what's going on, and one of them slips, and they all fall Falling. down, and then all of a sudden, Moon Guang figures out, figures out what's going on. Now the power dynamic has shifted, and now yeah. she's in control. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was yeah, it was really interesting with how it balanced the tension and the humor, and then of course the ending is gory and brutal. <laughs> That's where it turns into this like slasher film almost. Yeah, yeah, it was that was crazy. And you know he he does a great job. Um, a Mwing Hoon, I guess the guy who plays Moon Guang's husband. Yeah, it's just as that like crazy. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. it, well, when he was doing the yeah. So when when he was doing the Morse code light, yeah. I'm assuming that was sort of a commentary on the culture, right? Is that you respect the people that provide for yeah. you, right? He kind of he kind of mentions and he, that he has like a like almost like a a catechism. He says every time he hears Mr. Park walking up the stairs, yeah, that he wants to like give him yeah. respect for that. He's staying in his house yeah. still. And the only way he does it is through this, like, but he's also co- crazy. But he's also crazy. Yeah, exactly. Well, then, like, when he's going insane on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the park's son knows Morse code, which I thought yeah. was was interesting. So yeah. he, that's why I always thought it was a ghost that yeah. he saw. Right. Yeah. Um, that was a really cool way to end the film. But we'll, we'll and then have him come out and see the son sees him again. He passes out again. Yeah, he has a the seizure. mother passes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when he just stabs the uh, well, Jessica in this case, mm-hmm. the Kim's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's just how that's gonna go, hey. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Kim, yeah, Ki Young. Ki Young. Ki Young yeah. Kim. Yeah. So. Played by Sodom Park. Yeah. That was also though, even backing up a bit when. Because like Moon Moon dies. Yep. Um, oh, she gets a concussion. She gets a concussion. That was a crazy scene. She's like, "Oh, honey, I can't see you. Like, I have a concussion." You're just like, "Oh, oh I know." Movie. And but just, just that overall scene though, when she's coming when she kicks up. her back yeah. down the stairs, that was so well shot. Yeah. It was just like, boop, and then just closes the door yep. behind, it, and she just and like rolls down and poof. And the way she like hit the concrete, yeah, I was like, "Oh, oh man, fuck. that's gonna be she's toast." Like, yeah. Yeah, because I, I almost thought they killed her right there. I didn't mm-hmm. think she was yeah, gonna last. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just liked how it was taking some twists and turns there once it hit that point of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And you were wondering if they were, the Kims were even going to get out originally when the parks come back, Yep. you know, and that was such a great shot scene of like them literally Still under underneath. the table and they're just on the couch and they have to somehow get out of there. You know, yep. and then when the son radios the dad, you think that he's seen the people, mm-hmm. but it was more, Oh, I just can't sleep. Yeah. Um, and, and again, just, that's a, but another good example of the parks who they have their family's interest. That, mm-hmm. Like they sleep. We right. got to sleep on the couch, so you know, in case he wakes up, we can be here for him. Mm-hmm. Again, they're not framed as bad people. Like, I guess maybe Mister Park a little bit is just framed as being a little bit because, you know, especially you know, at the end when yes. he goes to pick up the keys and he's just trying to like. Not smell smell that guy. Well, because especially because he's been in this bunker for four, four years. years, and then that's what makes Mister Kim finally snap. Yeah. Um, let's kind of talk about the very ending. Okay. How did you think of that? I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you think that's where it was going when they couldn't find Mister Kim? Um, I kind of like picked up on it after. A, I thought about it like he disappeared, and then it's like, oh, okay, he must have gone back into the bunker. bunker. I just mean the very, very ending, how it all kind of wraps up where you think that he didn't, he made it. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that it's just the plan. Well, because you start to think about it. You're like, well, how does he get the letter to the dad? That's what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. I, I was thinking that I was like, how did he deliver this? And then you realize now oh, it's again, all in his head. It's all in his head. It's all fantasy. Yeah. It's the dad dies without ever, without ever knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Or that you, th- or he's likely going to die without. Yeah. 
without him ever knowing. Yeah, I thought that w- it, it sort of it gives you that hope in the sense that okay, they've redeemed themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. They've you know they've made it. They've come out of their come out of their squalor. But then you sort of and then it pulls it away from you right at the end. Or it's like oh maybe yeah maybe we because I was also thinking that like when that scene was happening that when he came out of the bunker mm. he's like he didn't look like he really aged at all yeah you're like I, I thought the same thing too like he barely has a beard yeah his hair's a little bit more gray yeah um so. from what i understand too is so who um the one who plays mr kim um kang ho sung from what i from what i think i've read and i think it's him or it could be mr park but i think it's mr kim he's a very um, well-known and respected actor in South Korea, but he generally plays like the everyday man. Yeah, the good, the good guy, the good dad, mm-hmm. like almost like a like a Tim Allen in Home Improvement, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a very bit of a turn of um, character for him. Oh, okay, playing a little bit more down as luck guy, somebody who you know ends up being a murderer, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So yeah, from what I from what I gather, it's a kind of a, a very unexpected role mm-hmm. for him for lots of people who are fans of his work. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I thought he did a great job. He probably has, well, it, it, in the end, the whole thing kind of revolves, I guess, around him and his relationship with, with his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of surprised that Jessica ended up dying. That they just killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I, after you see, uh, Kiwu take like a rock to the head, well, like three times. <laughs> And he has brain surgery and all that yeah. kind of stuff. That was funny too, where he kind of wakes up and the cops are and the cop, yeah, cops are reading the Miranda rights, and he's like, "Well, I got to start over," kind of thing. And yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I always wonder how, you know, because again, I don't watch as many foreign films as I maybe should, mm-hmm. but the 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 ability to have the nuance of a culture and the comedy mm-hmm. come through, I thought was well done. And, you know, I don't know how hard that is to do, but mm-hmm. I felt that I, I could, you know, Relate. pick up on it. And, and I, I definitely laughed and I thought it was funny. So. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. When he's like, well, I'm the detective didn't look like a detective. Yeah. The doctor who didn't look like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. talking to me. He's like just waking up. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that him and his mom just got probation like, yep. for fraud. Yep. Well, because it was, it was Mr. Kim that. Guess the yeah. killed Mr. Park. Yeah, I guess right. It was the dad that kind of took the yeah. the heat off of what maybe the son and mom had done because mm-hmm. they were really they were most to blame for what had happened. Really, it was the son who set everything up in motion, and it was her that really killed. Who or it was not her that really did. She's the one who killed Moon. Yep, that yeah, set in true. motion. Yeah. The other guy getting up and going crazy yeah right true so hmm. i just thought it was interesting that they kind of well, again, that's, off the hook. well that's again the, the the family dynamic you know the father takes the fall takes the fall and then the sister who got involved you know kind of is the the casualty mm-hmm. right i thought I, I i did laugh that he was in the bunker like i thought it was funny by the end i was like oh that's so smart to like go into the bunker yeah. i mean like because no one will find you down there you just learned of the story of the guy being down there for four years. Sneaks right? out and sneaks out. I, like, I thought that was funny too. He's like Germans have more than just beer and sausages in their fridge. <laughs> I was glad to know that or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, the letter, like the framing of that letter and everything, was really, really well done. Yeah, you know, and the the boy goes and looks like the son, and he finds the Morse code being written. Again, I thought that was interesting. Goes back to the house all the time. Yeah, just to like check it out because. They said they had a hard was, time selling it. Well, and right? I thought it was interesting too that after the party, the, the parks are just gone. Like you gone. don't, you don't like obviously. Mr. They don't say like, oh, they left. They no, moved. obviously, Mister Park dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, you don't find out what happens with the rest of the family at yeah. all. But the way it was framed on the news is that it was just a random well, yeah, crazy the, guy. Well, that's what they say. A, a homeless man just attacked the party. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Oh, is there anything else you really want to? Any other comments? Because I mean, obviously, it's it's a, it's a, it's a big. That's uh, not even a metaphor. It's just like a straight up. This is what society is like right now. I and think so. Yeah the the dog eat dog. But even then, like, there's never you never get the sense from the Kims that they're you know they obviously are they want to strive for something they, more. They well, they want more. money. They want money. But you never get the sense that they're 
bitter or that they're resentful of their situation. No, and like uh, I had wrote that funny quote too, because when when the mom when they were originally talking about the parks, yep, um, you know, and they're like, oh, they look like they have no problems, and then she, the mom was like, yeah, well, they have money. Money's an iron, it you know, it irons out all your yeah. problems, yeah. you know. But does it? You know, I, I think that was kind of again it. He did a good job of not the director. I'm talking about. He did a good job of not. He wasn't trying to sway you necessarily in each direction. I think you, it could get a little heavy-handed on each side if you were to be yeah. like, "These are the good guys. These are the bad guys," and it kind of. But it was kind of murky. It was a little mm-hmm. murkier. And then I would like I was I'm with you. I would say more that like the Kims as a whole are kind of. Um, they're maybe not worse, but they're. They don't have, their well, hands aren't I think clean, it, right? I don't even think it's worse. It just shows the ugly side of desperation. Yeah. Yeah, as a society, as people trying to get mm-hmm. by, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was... The, the semi-basement, too, as the setting for where their family is, really gave you that sense right off the bat. You know, when that fumigation comes through. Yeah. Like, I'll leave it oh, open. It's free fumigation. And, and get rid of the stink bugs. And, like, they're dying. And then the dad's just, like, doing the pizza boxes yeah. or whatever. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, now all those pizza boxes are contaminated. Yeah. When they were, right? Well, and then, you know, they have the one, I guess, basically the owner of this pizza company that they're selling the boxes for. She's, like, you know, 20. Yeah, she's super young. And, like, easily gets swindled into, like, trying to hire her. But then there's still, like, that respect dynamic where they're still, you know, treating her as the boss. They call her the boss. and Yeah. Okay, boss. Then just pay us for, you know, our boxes or whatever. Yeah. But... I just that that setting was super cool because it was, it was it was it was being down, like literally mm-hmm. down without ever feeling like it was heavy handed. It was just yep. like really it's it just smart, a, smartly made. It was it was just like a cool dynamic of the house, and then it also like it was literally high and low. Like well, you, you have to go up to get to the Parks house, and then down to get the kims so yeah bong joon ho directed the movie snowpiercer which um came out probably five years ago now 2013 so almost seven years ago now um and you know it starts it starts some american actors so it has chris evans in it it has ed harris tilda swindon but you've never seen it right no i haven't oh and actually um kang ho sung is in this as well mr kim is in the the movie as well um john hurt um so Octavia Spencer, so yeah, it's a good cast. Um, and the idea is that it's this train that the Snowpiercer that just travels around the world, and it's society's living on this train, and it's again the same thing where the have-nots are at the very back of the train, oh, okay. and the haves and the the you know the more wealthy sure are at the very front of the train. And then you know I saw the movie so long ago, but I think it has something to do with a. a a disease like some sort of virus starts sweeping through the train and so the lower class starts to sort of rebel a little bit mm. um and i think tilda swindon is the one who's basically the the leader of the the rich side of the but so he definitely has a fascination with this of the the the, the clashing of mm-hmm. of the two sects of society and basically there is no really in between anymore like the the, no. the, 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 diso- the dissolution of the middle class for sure. Where you really either go from like being in the semi-basement or being into the beautiful house in yeah. the rich neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you never even get a sense of their, like, who is in the middle class. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was, like, we, were, we were either literally walking through sewage mm-hmm. or, like you said, oh, this rain is so beautiful. Like, it was, it literally couldn't be any more opposite. They go upstairs to get to this, like, beautiful glass house with and all then, this green space. And then even again, the camp, like, the parks especially, um, uh... Mrs. Park, like, she, she like, the, yeah, she has like, uh, she has a a, a a kindness towards the driver and to the yes. housekeeper, and she's like, oh, Jessica, you have to come to his birthday. It'll mean mm-hmm. so much to him, and yeah, oh, well, we, you know, bring whatever you want, and mm-hmm. um, you know, have a, as much food as you want, and like, oh, you have to bring the cake out, and and then so there's not even like they don't ever really treat them horribly no they don't that's what i thought was really good about it is and then but they do the, you know the, the shot of her going with mr kim to pick up all the little booze and the food and she's talking on the phone the whole time and you know and she's just saying like oh again talking about the rain and how beautiful it was and yeah and you can just see the the mr park's like uh or mr, mr. kim, kim is just like just, god just, damn it no but it's even more than that like you feel sort of that menace building a bit mm-hmm 
I thought so anyway. Like, yeah, well, because like you said, at that point, he's like defeated a little yeah. bit. So he's, so he's nothing to lose now in his mind. He's annoyed more at what's going yeah. on now than before, right? Before he was willing to like play play the chauffeur. Mm-hmm. But now that his house has been destroyed, his home's been destroyed. And then he's driving her home and he notices she opens the window. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was another big one. The smell. Yeah. Right? It permeates from the front to the yeah. back. Yeah. Like onions or something like that. Yeah, Mr. something Park said. weird, right? And he, the... Like I said, I, it was... She was really, really good in terms of she provided the she really gave the Kims the opportunity without her even knowing it. Yeah. Right. And but in the end, like they never had a problem with her. It was still more about like Mister Park, you know, talking about the smells and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just happened to be there, um, and so he—that's who Mister Kim goes after, right? In the end. So yeah, I just I I was. Totally, like, what is happening here in the mm-hmm. last, like, I'd say the last, like, 30 minutes were just, like, fantastic. Yeah. Like, just totally, whoof, flew right by. As soon as that, as soon as the camera tracks into the bunker. Yes. You're just hooked. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, like you said, it's it's almost like you're restarting mm-hmm. a movie now all of a sudden. You're like, okay, so this is what the Kims have now done. They're in this house. They've kind of established. They've executed their plan to literal perfection. Yep. And then they said this one, well, I don't have a plan for this. They, you know, they talk right. about it when they get down and they're like, there is no plan for this. It's, you know, it's like the old Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. And that was... They get punched in the mouth, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And that's literally what happens to the Kims in this mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, it all basically unravels from there. So... So, stacking up to some of the other movies we've watched so far yeah. in this gold derby. Sure. How do you... Where do you feel Parasite sort of I, slots in? I liked it better than Marriage Story. Okay. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty close to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's right up there. Definitely different. I mean, you want to talk about like have and have nots, like, you know, even Tarantino's even kind of commenting on the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you have the two characters, you have the, the rich, famous movie star and his stunt double and just remember, you know, when... Uh, when you know Brad Pitt goes back to his trailer and he's eating, he's like giving do- the dog food or whatever, and mm-hmm. it it has that dynamic a bit too, where he gets to drive, he gets yeah. to drive the nice car for the day. But, things, but when he goes back to yeah. his real life, it's just kind of like. But you know that movie is definitely more of a love letter, sure, to a lost time and to you know, what Tarantino probably thinks is an injustice, writing an injustice that was done by, you know, the slang of Sharon Tate. Yeah. Um, while this is def, this definitely leaves you with more of a cynical feeling. Sure. Yeah. This is more, you know, you almost feel defeated just as the Kims do by the end of it. For where sure. You know, like, Oh, you know, this, their, their life's different yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, so those two are definitely close, in my opinion. Um, and then, I mean, what else do we really have that would be in the conversation here? Uh, that, that's all we want. Oh, the Irishman, so, uh, I guess. Irishman, yeah, yeah, Irishman. I like this better. I like Parasite a little bit better than Irishman, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Um, you that? know, I want to come back. I've been thinking about this. Okay. I think your opinion that it's too long is wrong. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to maybe watch it again to see. Because, you know, everyone's oh, three and a half hours is too long. Man, the fucking Godfather Part 2 is three and a half hours long. Yeah. well, it's Titanic's three three and a half yeah. hours long. No, I, I, I don't. I'm Apocalypse. not opposed. People watch the Redux of Apocalypse now, yeah. which is like four Listen, hours I've seen long. The, I've seen the extended edition of Return of the King. It's four hours and 25 minutes. That's, so. you, that's insane. I've never watched that. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I know long movies. Long movies don't necessarily bother. And here's me, the thing: so. people are like, "Oh man, it should have been a show." Like people fucking binge eight hours worth of shows all the time. No, it's true. It's because just because you say it's a show it doesn't mean no. And I don't. But I just maybe I just wasn't enjoying it as much as I wanted to, so I felt like it was long. I'm assuming that's probably more my feeling. Is that I didn't think it was a bad movie, but it wasn't like blowing me away. So mm. then I felt like ah, this is getting a little long now because I'm not like. Totally invested. The more in it. I think about it, the more the Irishman grows on me. Okay, a little bit. Yeah. Whereas the more I forget about it, truthfully, I watch a movie like Parasite, and I liked just where it went. It was crisp, like two hours and five minutes. Yeah, just over two hours. Two, I, think. I think two hours and twelve is the actual running time. But you know, I'm yeah, only with ever like credits. Yeah, yeah. two twelve is the actual. Yeah. Running time. So, but not to say the time is a matter, but I just 
like you said, I felt like there was a full arc here. It was we watched the Kim sort of really infiltrate the house, mm-hmm. and then we watched the sort of downfall of it, and it only took like two hours, and it was kind of this this contained sort of chaos that happened in the last like thirty minutes. So, which is you know essentially what happens in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. Yeah, right. It it's builds kinda, up to this builds up to this sort of all of a sudden there's cataclysmic event in yeah. Hollywood history, mm-hmm. and then Tarantino subverts it. Yes. I can't stop thinking, going back and thinking about how he built, how well he builds what is going to happen to Sharon Tate and then it doesn't end up happening and how he just totally <laughs> redeems you. See, the, I think the advantage that, that, that Once Upon a Time has over this, when if you're going to be looking at the way people are going to vote, people love Tarantino, first off. He's never won a Best Picture Award. And it leaves you with a better feeling. It leaves you with a smile on your face. Which is weird. Because Which is weird because it ends in grisly murder, but he changes it. And you have that great scene of Margot Robbie inviting Leonardo DiCaprio into a beautiful home and people want like seeing rich, beautiful people hang mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Right? Like it's a buddy story between Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. You know? You get to see, you know, objectively yeah I, mean, I shouldn't say that but you know you, you see pretty bad people mm-hmm. get their comeuppance yeah and so i and it, you know and it's hollywood. which he always does he does and hollywood if if there's one thing hollywood loves is to flate itself you know so sure. i don't know um well it's true <laughs> it's true and he does it he, it's, it's what a word <laughs> <laughs> it's a love letter you know yeah. he makes you know, just I, I go back to think about those scenes all the time where it's just you see all the neon lights lighting up you mm-hmm. know as on 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 Rodeo Drive or whatever yeah. Sunset Boulevard, whichever it is, as the as the sun's going down, you just see old Hollywood lighting up, and mm-hmm. I think that scene alone, yeah, could win him the Best Picture. Huh? I think Parasite's really good. Yeah, um, I think it'll be close. It'll be close. You know, there's for a, cha- a foreign language film, it's getting a lot of. Well, the artist was, oh no, the artist was silent. Silent film. Yeah. Has there ever been a foreign language film to win Best Picture? That's a good question. I think I, there probably is, but I can't think of it. Okay, the on the top of my head, mm-hmm. the last one that I can think of that won Best Foreign Film, but that was also nominated, uh-huh. was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Was that a Best Picture nominee? Yes. And that was in... Like 2000. 2000. Whatever the hell it was. But that was Ang Lee. And that was Ang Lee. And that was in Mandarin. Mandarin? I think so. Yeah. Yes. That's uh, the last one on the top of my head. There could be one before then. And it did win Foreign Film. It did win foreign films. See, at the Golden Globes, you can't have that. Oh, okay. So foreign language films can't be nominated for either best picture, best comedy, or best best drama because that's what happened with Roma last year. It was, was Roma. Like, Roma won best foreign film at the Golden Globes, but it wasn't nominated in drama. And this is what ha- this is what happened with Parasite. Parasite's nominated for best foreign language film at the Golden Globes, but it can't be ah, in the other category. Interesting. Yeah, it can only be American produced films. Oh, okay. So even like a Canadian film. If it's a Canadian finance film, it can't be in a best it can't drama be comedy. Both. No, it, no, it can't even be nominated. It oh, has okay. to be nominated in foreign film. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I think that's Could, the way it works. For Golden Globes, that would make more sense because yep. it's really like American. Sure. Right. It's like the Hollywood foreign press, or well, no. So yeah, it's the foreign press. Or no, that's the Oscars. No, 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 no. Foreign press is the Golden Globes. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. Because the Oscars is this the the Academy, which is like nine hundred members which which is more internationally say now but yeah who knows i mean the one thing i could see happening here is parasite being sort of the the moonlight of this season Ooh, okay yeah that it's it's one that sneaks up on you moonlight was more uh, no i don't get me wrong this movie is shot really well but moonlight was more visually stunning yes moonlight that was the thing that always caught me the most yeah. was like the cinematography yeah. it was just this sort of it was like Neon without being bright. We call neon. it photography now. Yeah. Director of photography. Oh, okay. They don't call it cinematography. They don't. Anymore. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, but it was like, like I said, it was almost neon without being like bright yeah. in your face. Yeah. It was this weird color palette that I really haven't seen much since. Mm-hmm. Truly, like mm-hmm. Moonlight's one of those unique ones. When you watch it, you'll know exactly. If you've never seen Moonlight, watch it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's this. It's like dark. Well, it's, it's and it's, bright it's, and vibrant. Hues. Yeah. Using, there's a lot of hues mm-hmm. being... Well, I mean, obviously, that's what it is. It's moonlight. It's, yeah. It's how a black person looks like in moonlight, mm-hmm. basically, right? It's mm-hmm. sort of the premise of, you know, so, the, of identity, anyway. I mean, I would say, currently, 
on Gold Derby, where what do they have right now on the on, actual Gold Derby Gold website? Derby? Yeah, I'll, I'll check right now. So I'm but... curious about that. Now, while you do that, I'm going to go in my little sure. semi rant about the Oscars. Okay, and like I said, there's always this concern about viewership and making the show uh, tighter, under three hours. You know, we have to be able. To, we're not appealing to a larger audience anymore. Blah 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 blah. Neil, for one sec, before, stop your search. Do you enjoy watching the Oscars? Uh, Are you interested in the results of the Oscars? I'm interested in the results. Okay, why? Uncertainty of outcome, just like a sporting event. But it, right? Sure. But, I want to see. But deeper than that, why? Why? Where do your interests lie? The speeches. And you like movies? Yes. It's for people who like fucking movies. It's for people who are nerds like us who do goddamn podcasts on movies sure. who talk about the, the photography. Yeah. And and the. The shooting and the score and the tracking shots and all this kind of bullshit. Like they gotta just cater, lean into your audience, mm-hmm. make it a f- make it nerdy, or and yeah. make it something that is. I, I'm I'm really tired of this whole like. Well, we need to we need to have a, a a best popular movie category now because we need to draw in the fans of the Avengers movies. And like yeah. again, I don't mind the Avengers movies. The Avengers movies are fine movies. Mm-hmm. They bol- we need movies like big blockbusters and we need small little art house films. We need it all. Mm-hmm. We need the range. But you know, this is not my original idea. Some I, I think I heard Sean Fantasy talk about this, where that's why the MTV movie awards, the loss of it, is kind of tragic because it was just, important. Yeah. Because that was their that was their lane. Yeah. You know, that's where you went to see the stuff for the for the MCU and for you know the the stupid comedies and the all that kind of stuff. You sure. Know, how big was that best kiss thing? Like that was huge. Yeah, absolutely. We were, so now we were with, younger. The, with the I don't even know if the MTV Movie Awards are even around anymore, More. for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um but so now there's all this this worry about having to cater to that audience. And it's like I don't know. I to me it's just like lean into what it is. The people who are watching this show, your audience is not 30 million people anymore. No, okay? it's not. It's 10 million or whatever it is. And that's mm-hmm. fine. That's a lot of that's more than most shows get. You yeah. know, the only things that are getting more viewers than that is the goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? No, like TV overall is just it's going down. So just lean into what it is. Like, you know, they got to stop doing these freaking packages. And I don't don't get me wrong. I like them, but the package is like Oh, the history of direction. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, they're the same things every year. Yeah. Cut those out. You know, show the awards. Show the nominees. Show mm-hmm. the speeches. And, you know, get on with it. Yeah. I don't know. That's I wish it's... there was a... The only thing I will say is I wish there was an Oscar category for, like, stuntmen. Oh, interesting. And women. Interesting. Just, like, who, okay. who had... Some of the best action that's, sequences. That's, so if yeah, there's one thing you could add. That's what you. That's add. what I would add. Just like hmm. because they're they're an unheralded. That's fair. Portion of a lot of films, and whether it's blockbusters or even some of these smaller ones, have action sequences that are done by other people. Yeah. And I just wish they got a little more recognition. That's it. Oh, I like that. I yeah, like- because I think you, you when you do watch good films, you know, and things are happening, and you're like, do you know it's not the actor doing it? Mm-hmm. That it's probably mm-hmm. is like a double or something. I just wish there was a little. And that doesn't mean have to be. I don't even know what the category would be. I just would want to develop something that would kind of showcase best them. stunts. Best stunts, or and then that's hey, and then that's how you get Tom Cruise for a Mission Impossible movie. Exactly, he does his own damn stunts. He does his own damn stunts, right? But for like some of the stunt men and women that do it all the time, it'd be nice to well, like again. That's what the entire part of the premise of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is all based there around. There you go, right? Stuntman. Getting his due. Getting his due. So I would like to see that. I like that. I like that. But do it in a way that it doesn't, it's not just about action movies, right? It's about, there could be other things that they do, whether it's like a car accident scene or like there's things, right? That you can, it doesn't have to just be these big, Mm -hmm. bold, like crazy things. Or best like stunt direction. Yeah. That's how you get Michael Bay there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That could be a way to do it too, right? And you kind of incorporate everybody that was involved with that. Because they have the best visual movie. effects, they have best practical so effects. I'm so then, where why not have like best stunt coordination or yeah. something like that? Best stunt coordinating in a movie. And you get Skyfall there, you get yeah, the, or you the, get the like Bond the John movie. Wicks, yeah, like you know, yeah, which are yeah, like hand exactly. to hand, which are just crazy, crazy, sure, yeah, action sequences that are all on one shot, like things that are unique to it, and you're like, yeah, that is how it should be done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Something like that. That's the only thing I would ever... Who would you say, to kind of wrap up, bring it back to, to Parasite? Sorry, okay. what were you looking up again? Oh, Ooh. foreign language film? Yeah, no, uh, we were looking up Gold Derby. Gold Derby, right. Okay, so Bombshell is one. 
It's leading. One of the leading. Really? Yes. I'm surprised by that. that I'm surprised by that as well. The Farewell. Okay, yeah. The Irishman. What is the best odds right now? They don't have odds. Oh, they don't have odds? No, they don't really have odds. They just have what's leading and that's They just show? have like leading contenders. Huh. So they have Parasite, mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, Marriage Story, Little Women, Knives Out actually. Yeah, good movie. Joker, Jojo Rabbit. See, in the Irishman, Farewell, Bombshell. Huh. That is that 10? That must be 10. Yeah. Or pretty close to 10. Well, no, so full disclosure, so we're going to see all these films. So they do have movie. odds. Okay. The, the best it. odds is The Irishman right now. Irishman. Yep. Seven to one. Huh. Yep. Seven to one. Well, there you go. Hollywood, 15. Okay. They have strong contenders as Cats. There's no way. Oh, my God. Okay. I should have mentioned that. Cats is a movie we will not be reviewing on this podcast. No, we will not. Um, I hear it's the worst thing you can ever Man, I've heard. Did you see it? Or no? No, God. There's no chance I'm paying money for that. And I've paid money for, like, questionable films in the past. There's nothing. Okay. We can go into a little Cats thing here to wrap things up. What about that movie did they think people would get people excited? Like, no would idea. you take your kids to that? No. It's fucked up. The moment I saw the trailer, I was like, that is the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> ever. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Like, God, you know I respect Idris Elba, and you know I respect right? my Queen Taylor Swift. I have oh, I mean, magazine right here. <laughs> I just... Was what? it just money? It was it just, just been, money? Must have just been money. Was it just... Was it Or was it like... And I think what I will I say, want to do something different. Yeah, and I will say, Nick, I think because from what I've always understood about cats, I don't know a lot about it. I'm not a huge Broadway guy, but you know, from what I kind of have understood about it, is that it's weird and it's always been really weird. <laughs> but it's weird in a way that when you go at least to Broadway, it's weird. It's in interactive that space. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I guess they like the actors go into the crowd. Yes, they go into and the stuff. crowd and stuff. And I've kind Which of heard like, that it's it's just weird. That. It's it's a weird thing to experience but you experience it right in front of your face that bothers me i know that would be weird i would hate that i don't but, like them but maybe you'd be like this is weird but i don't like, like i've seen plays and stuff where sure. they like they come out of and they try to like yeah. break the fourth wall and like yeah. i don't like that like be on the stage sure keep like, at least maybe there's an element of like you feel what's going on whereas like if you're just literally watching it on a film you're just watching a weird and I hear ass it's boring yeah and there's not one like thing Spoken of dialogue word. well that's fine that's andrew lloyd Webber. hey yeah, Listen, we will do a Jesus Christ Superstar podcast come Easter time. Like that that movie is incredible and that that musical is incredible. But it just, they just sing the whole time. Well, the difference is that like any does Phantom of the Opera, right? He wrote Phantom of the Was Opera. He? Yeah. Um there's more like bombast to those movies okay. where there's like to me it seems like there's just like a there's a more, you know, no pun intended, but like a pratic approach to them mm-hmm. where it's grand, it's a little insane, mm-hmm. but like not in something that's so weird and disturbing. Yes. It, well, <laughs> and if you've seen the trailer and stuff, like, what's with the proportions? The cats look like they're, like... Well, they're like mice. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, when they're dancing on the bed or whatever, and the bed and looks the like And the names are fucking ridiculous. Oh, God. Like, I haven't I, even looked at them. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, they're like... I couldn't even watch this thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I love absurdity. Yeah. I'm here for it. Art is art, and mm-hmm. we should... Nobody should be... Uh, the Jellicles. Yeah, like so they're the Jellicle cats. <laughs> so Taylor Swift's is Bomblerina. Idris Elba's McCavity. Um, Rebel Wilson's is Jenny Any Dots. Um, Ian McKellen plays Gus the Theater Cat. Like, what is Ian McKellen doing in this movie? <laughs> Man, what James is Judy Corden Dench is, doing in that movie? James too? Corden is Bustopher Jones. Oh my god! Like. It's Rum Tum Tugger Come is on. Jason Derulo. And that people said that the worst part about this movie is that Jason Derulo is the best part. Yeah. And his penis was edited out of it, apparently. Or his, his bulge. Yeah. He says his bulge was edited out. Edited out. So, anyway. To, to He's co- got to wear some weird leotard. So, thing. to come back, the, the, so the odds for the top 10 we ha- I have here, okay. according to Gold Derby, and we've seen the top four are the ones we've seen. Irishman leading at 7 to 1. Once upon once upon a time in Hollywood, seven and a half to one. Parasite at eight to one. Marriage Story at eight to one. Okay, so they're close. Mm-hmm. It's a close race. And then, then. and then rounding out the top five is nineteen seventeen. Okay, we haven't seen that one at eight and a half to one. Not out yet, correct? No, no, it's late December, I believe. Yeah. 
it'll be Oscar season type stuff. It'll yeah. be like January that it'll come. Yeah, us, exactly. So yeah, eight and a half to one, and then Jojo Rabbit ten to one, which okay. I've seen. Joker twelve to one, which we've seen. Little Women thirteen to one. I haven't seen that. We one should yet. see that. Ford versus Ferrari sixteen to one. Ooh. Bombshell twenty five to one, and okay. then and then the Farewell thirty five to one. Okay. Okay. And they have like a they have like a graph that shows odds and. Oh, 1917 just spiked. Hmm. It was like dead last. I'll turn it around for you, Neil. So this is the dark purple one. Whoa! This is great commentary for yeah. uh, for a non-visual still, medium like that me is podcasting. It, crazy. I wonder what happened. So if you guys go to, if you listeners go to goldderby.com, Gold you can see this graph and it shows you know you know the Irishman is that the Irishman at the top? Yeah. Yes. Hold steady from the from the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. 1917 it's not a favorite yet but it just spiked right before the start of december so like, the critics must have seen it or something it must have been released yeah i'm assuming they, they had nothing is really dipped little women has dipped slightly but everything's held pretty fast you know i like the irishman i don't i don't feel good about it winning best picture yeah that's what i mean like i'm wondering you know there's this whole thing where originally coppola wanted martin scorsese to direct the Godfather Part Two. Oh, okay. So this is sort of like Scorsese's finally doing his Godfather, mm-hmm. and it's good. It's great. The yeah. acting is good, but I don't know. There's just something about. I definitely want to watch Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. Yeah. And I'm really intrigued by 1917. Like, man, there's some good. Like, we have mm-hmm. and we Parasite have, was great. Like have, the fact that Parasite's even in. So we have a we have a year that's probably going to be for Best Director: Sam Mendes, Noah Baumbach. Bong Joon-ho, Quentin Tarantino, and Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, Greta Gerwig sneaks in there. Yeah. For Little Women. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see Taika Waititi getting Jojo Rabbit, although the movie's great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, people have kind of cast it aside. Well, not, no, they're kind of, it's, it's not as funny as some people say it is and whatever. Sure. I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliantly done. I thought there's some heartbreak in it too that yeah. just like guts you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ruin it. You haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't seen it yet. When I see it, we'll do a... There's just one scene and just like, oh man, it it, it hits you hard. But either way, man, this is going to be a great, great director. Yeah. That, like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I mean, we haven't seen 1917 yet, so we can't comment on Sam Mendes, but I can't imagine picking that. I just watched with our intern, Heather, I Mm -hmm. just watched uh, Revolutionary Road with her for the first time. She just saw Sam Mendes' work, so I was like... In Canadian, right? He could be. No, I don't think Sam Mendes is Canadian. I'm going to confuse with somebody else. Ooh, that's a good question. No, no. He's, I don't think he is. No? no okay. But anyway, he, he was... Um, he's a fantastic director. So I'm I'm positive it'll be... Um, he's English. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Hey, he's part of the Commonwealth. You know, close enough. Well, that makes sense. That's right. Um, are him and Kate Winslet still married? No. No? No. <laughs> Nope. Did they divorce? Kate Winslet's had like four husbands. Did they dis? Did they? Did they uh, divorce after Revolutionary Road? <laughs> <laughs> two years they lasted after. Revolutionary. Oh, was that it? Yeah, after it came out, two years. Oh, after. they divorced in 2010? 2011. Oh, 2011. Yeah. Oh, so it gets three years. I guess. Yeah, because wasn't Revolutionary Road? 2008. 2008. Yeah. I always think it's two because because that's the thing because Blood Diamond came out the same year and Leo got nominated for Blood Diamond and not that for Best no, Actor. No, Blood Diamond was Mm-mm. Departed year. Mm-mm. Yes. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Are you sure? A hundred percent. Because it was. He was in the Departed I don't think so. and Blood Diamond. Yeah. I don't think so. Leo got nothing in his Revolutionary Road year. Blood Revolution- Diamond two thousand six. Oh really? It's, it's the Departed year. I remember. So he didn't even get nominated for the Revolutionary for Revolution- Road. And Isn't Kate Winslet got nominated for the Reader. Yes. Ugh. But she won the Golden Globe for Revolutionary Road. That's fucked. <laughs> Makes no sense. Okay, so anyway, that's so interesting. Uncut Gems isn't on here at all. No. But we're going to watch that one next. We'll watch it anyway. Um, and then maybe... It'll have some good sport because it's like kind of a sports... Yep. There's a sports content in it. Like Kevin Garnett stars in the film mm-hmm. with and then, Sandler, and then maybe we'll do 1917 after that. Yeah, we'll see whenever it comes out. Yeah. Um, last thing to kind of wrap up. Uh, Parasite again. Uh, other than Bong Joon-ho for Best Director in the movie itself... Ooh. Do you think any acting? Is that yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Did any, does that have any acting stand out to you? Mm, I love the dad. I did love... Mr. Kim. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Kim. Yeah, I, I, I thought he did a great... He did the most... 
he had the most well, range. Range, like we were talking about, like the nuance, like yeah. when he's hiding under the table and he's got to listen to them talk about how he smells, and like he's he's like so again, pulls. Kim Kai Tak, yeah, um, and played by Kang Ho Sung. So Kang Ho Sung, hopefully, I would, I mean, it's gonna be tight again. Mm-hmm. And man, I couldn't, I honestly don't even know how what the chances of a foreign actor getting an acting nomination, but. He definitely well, it's not best. very often because it is um, the guy who won for the artist. Mm, French actor? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marion Couture. Couture for uh, Le Vion Rose. Oh, right. Like, yeah. And that was a foreign language film, was it not? Yes. Yes. But it wasn't nominated for it, but she, it won, but she won Best Actress. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so it's rare. So it, it, it does happen, but it's not It's not very often. Okay. Oh, uh, there was a, a movie, Amour, mm-hmm. recently. Sure. She was not yeah, yeah, the, I remember that. the best actress. She was like... Almost ninety, I think, but wow. she she was nominated for best actress. So it does happen. So maybe maybe the everyday man from yeah. South Korea that'd be great. I should. I'm gonna kind of go through and see if who I have in the categories sure. so far. Um, okay, so we'll wrap that up. Um, definitely see Parasite. Definitely see Parasite. It's, it's good. If you're gonna pick a movie to watch that's international that you got to read subtitles, I would recommend mm-hmm. this. This be the one. Mm-hmm. This is something that's really really cool. Yeah, and then uh, everyone have a great Christmas. Yes. For those who partake and those who don't, Happy well, you holidays, get some days off. Yeah, you get some days off. And uh, we'll come back after Christmas and we'll, we'll do the Safty Brothers Uncut Gems starring one Adam Sandler. <laughs> Till then. In a non full on comedic role. Mm-hmm. It's a combination. So. Neil? Nothing else. Thank you. <laughs>